Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Accountable Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Vajere. So I am recording first thing in the morning. Well, for me, it's first thing in the morning. It's about 8 a.m., um, which I guess to a lot of you might be considered late. Um, uh, for me, you know, it's, it's uh, right on on average. Um, I am recording from my new home that I moved into yesterday, and I have a Mr. Atticus, my cat, roaming around the house. He's finally getting confident enough to explore the new digs, and I have Nova Baby laying down next to me sleeping, who has been very excited and settled right in. She's only destroyed one boot and peed in the house twice. So, you know, we are learning. We are um, doing well here in our new little home. And it's so funny because like, I don't know why I do this. Like I do this every single time. And it's always like, oh yeah, I'm going to be completely unpacked. I'm going to have all my little things and the house is going to be completely clean. And, oh, and I'm also going to have time to run to whatever stores to grab the remaining things to just like put the final touches all in one day. Yeah, that's one day. That's a one day project. When the reality is, it's like, no, it is like a couple weeks and I, not a couple weeks. Come on. I can't push it out that far. Okay. A week. Um, Because, you know, when you move into a new place, it's unless it was like brand spanking new or there was like professional, like and really good professional cleaners, uh, it's never going to be cleaned to your standards. So literally like spent the afternoon um, just cleaning and I still have a lot more to do. And then after that's all done, then the unpacking can begin and I can start, you know, figuring out everything else that I need to need to get. So it's like, it's a little overwhelming, but it's also like really, really, really good. And it already feels like I'm sitting in the living room right now because my office is not set up. I don't even know how this is going to sound you guys. So I am apologizing in advance. Um, the neighborhood and everything like that it's all super quiet so i think it's going to be totally fine but i like i said i have two two animals um who are doing their thing and a fireplace going that i don't know how loud is but i did some test runs and i don't think it's i don't think you guys can you know hear it on the mic so anyways um yeah, it's just been really, really good. Went for a little walk around the neighborhood, down on a trail that's behind the house. It's just like super peaceful, super quiet. And um, for me, I definitely have to work on like, you know, enjoying the kind of in the moments uh, ways of life and not be so task oriented and uh, kind of miss out on everything or get stressed or not enjoy the little things in between. And so just trying to be mindful of that, trying to do that, you know, my brain was a little bit of, you know, a puddle by the end of last night, Um, just kind of like forgetting stupid stuff and not staying focused and everything like that. But that happens, you know, when you got a lot of stuff going in and I'm definitely mindful of like reeling it back in. But, um, yeah, so 
that is what's going on with me. And so it's a big change. Um, I've moved a lot uh, in the past, but it's always a big change. And it's always just like such a process of kind of getting yourself settled and um, getting yourself, you know, just situated in like this new energy and, you know, clearing out the old owner's energy and putting in your energy. I mean, I highly, highly, highly suggest like anybody who moves into a new place, there's like, I don't know, two to three like essential things you need to do. One, just clean, like wipe, wipe down the cupboards, the walls, everything like that. Like even if it's been cleaned before, like just give it, just wipe away some, some, like the energy of like the old, you know, owners, open up all the windows and sage or burn, um, frankincense, um, or, and incense, honestly, like, so yesterday I did all that, you know, cleaning. I had the, the windows open, just, you want to let in that fresh energy in through your place and you want to cleanse the energy with some sort of, you know, um, cleansing smoke, whether it's like the sage or the frankincense, and then you want to open up the windows to get all that out. And then, um, I like to finish off with like, uh, putting on like a diffuser with some really good essential oils to just like, I don't know, just give the place a nice fresh new smell and it, you know, starts to smell like home and all those good things. So yeah, it's, those are just some like essential things I always have to do every time I move and, um, moving's fun. It's definitely a lot of work, but it's always uh, a lot of fun. And Atticus has been, um, with me for a very long time, but he's been with me like for 10 years and so he has seen a lot of different houses over the years and he's such a trooper, you know, he just, he's just like, all right, mom, I guess we're doing it again. And he like, he just like knows the drill. So he's, yeah, he's really, really good. Um, so yeah, I don't know really what, uh, this podcast is going to be like or go. I have zero notes. I don't have any notes. I like did a quick little like just grounding meditation before I turned on the mic. And um, but, I, you know, it's important for me to stick with this because I really enjoy it. And even though life is busy and stuff is going on and stuff like that, I want to hold myself accountable to put this podcast out every single week on Thursdays. Um, even though this one's coming out a little later, that's totally fine. Um, but there's just something in this kind of new routine that I've gotten into where I just, I really like it. And, um, and you know, there's a lot of things coming through this week that I just feel were kind of important to talk about. Um, and actually that is, um, the theme of this episode is, you know, not being afraid to have the tough conversations, even when the going is good. So I am a believer in having what we might perceive as a tough conversation before shit gets bad. And that has been something that I've had to learn. That is something that I've kind of witnessed um, throughout my life with my parents having 
tough conversations um, where I almost thought they were kind of premature, but then, you know, the hindsight's always twenty twenty, and because they had those conversations right from the get-go, um, they set boundaries and expectations in place that um, really just were helpful uh, when shit started going awry. So um, let me give you some details. So it's just... I like, and I fucking have seen this and I've done it. And I'm sure all of you have done this where you just assume everything's going to be good because you and the person that you're working with in a relationship, who you're friends with are so connected, so on the same page. And it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal that like no like precursor, like prenuptial, was it like a prenup? Like a prenup agreement needs to be set in place, right? Because everything's going so good. Well, like y- that has happened um, to me, and shit hit the fan because uh, we had no uh, agreement placed uh, set in place beforehand. So I just I'm like like so many different examples are swirling through my head. But the very first time I saw this um, sort of like having the tough conversation uh, right up front with expectations set in place, um, the first time I saw that in action was in high school, at least to my awareness, in high school, I had a friend who moved in with us. She, what we were in grade 12 and her family just was not supportive, was not very loving, um, clearly, and just really, just a really, really unhealthy environment. And she had been couch surfing, um, from a couple different places here and there, um, and just kind of doing these little temporary stays. And it didn't, it was, didn't last long, you know, because her and I were very good friends. So she had been staying at like another person's house for a bit. And then it, I was just like, you, you need to move in with me, like move in with me. I think she even like stayed in my room. Like, I think we just like slept in my like queen bed. Like we just, she just lived with me or maybe she did have her own room. I don't really remember. But anyways, I was like, you need to live with me. And, um, I basically like brought her home <laughs> like, okay, you, she lives with us now. And my parents were like, okay. Um, and I just like, you know, I talked to my mom about it, who talked to my dad and they said she can live here. Um, but she has to have her own car. And she has to have a job. And I was just like, oh, you know, like already kind of like, why are you giving her rules or parameters? Like, even though those were pretty light rules and light parameters, um, they said she, she needs to have those two things. And so I told her and she, or they told her and had the discussion and she totally respected that. And she did. And she had her own car and she got a job and, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, like that sort of obligation that she had to fulfill in order to live with us. And like, she didn't pay rent. She didn't buy groceries and like nothing. Like she was a part of the family. Um, and, but she just having that job and feeling that obligation, you know, months down the road, um, enabled her to have enough money to set aside, uh, to get her own cute little apartment. And so I didn't know that was like, 
you know, what my parents were kind of, um, their foresight was with that. You know, I was just a teenager and like in the moment and just, this is my friend and she needs help. And, you know, of course she'll have a job. You know, you just like, you just assume like she'll go and do that. But like, you never know, like you never know if someone's actually going to like push themselves to go and get the job or push themselves to go out and get their own place eventually or anything like that. Like you assume because that's what you would do, but like you never actually know. So with having that conversation right from the get go, um, that enabled her to, you know, go out and get her own place and, and do that for herself, which was awesome. Um, and then, you know, there was another time I seem, I seem to be bringing home people like all the time, you know, like strays basically. But we had another person who was a friend of mine and he like needed, or he was like moving to this area and he needed a place to, to live and he didn't have a job. And I like, my dad has a, um, like a shop business and the, it has like a little apartment, uh, above the shop. And I was like, he should just stay there. And my dad was like, he has to pay rent. And I was like, what? I'm like, you're not even using it, you know? And he's like, he needs to pay rent. And I'm like, okay, how about like three months? Like give him three months or two, two months and he'll pay on the third month. So one month to find a job, one month to work the job. And then third month, you know, you pay rent. And he's like, yep. Okay. That's fair. So a month three, this guy, you know, got the job, got a job, whatever was doing his thing. And then on month three, he pays rent. And what was interesting, cause by that point, um, you know, like things are kind of unfolding and I don't think he, he was really feeling the vibe of like the area, you know, Idaho and the area and the work and stuff like that. But, and now he has to pay rent and he like, it was so interesting because it almost like protected this like freeloading and, um, the month he paid rent, the very next month he moved out and he moved back, back home. And, um, I, it was interesting to me because like, I think if there was no rent obligation to be paid, um, he would have stayed a lot longer because it's just so fucking easy to just live in an, um, live in a situation where, basically, you know, food, water, shelter is like completely covered and you don't have any other, um, obligations to, to fulfill, right? Like why leave that? But as soon as you start having to, um, meet these responsibilities, you start kind of reevaluating and you're like, huh, well, if I like spent a little bit more money or worked a little bit harder, I could get into some place I actually want versus just taking this handout and, you know, kind of settling for it because, you know, our inner children feel safe in that. Our inner children want, will really like kind of make do with, cause like, I mean, it's a fucking apartment above a shop. It's not like the four seasons. It wasn't anything fancy. It was clean and fine, but it's just like, you know, it's not fancy. Um, not even fancy, but you know, it's not like a home. Uh, and so, I'm sure like having that expectation that my dad put in place, um, cause for me, I was like, this person needs help. He, you know, doesn't have any family, like, you know, we just got to help him out and everything like that. And I wouldn't have had that conversation and I wouldn't have had like, okay, you have to pay rent by this date. I would have just figured he would move out 
by, you know, three months or he would offer to pay rent or whatever. I just, because that's what I would do. And, you know, my parents kind of, my dad, especially like, is pretty good at reading people and just reading situations. And also it's like, I think helped out a lot of people over the years. Um, just knows like the ebb and flow of individuals where you can't, you can't assume that people are going to do and act in the way that you would do or act. So, um, you set these kind of, um, parameters in place right at the beginning, right when everything's good, everybody's happy. And then if things shift and change and people, you know, perceptions or kind of change, um, you at least have covered yourself or protected yourself with these boundaries that you set in place right from the get go. So, it's like, and those conversations can feel tough. They don't, they are, they don't need to be necessarily super big or detailed or anything like that, but it can feel tough, especially when you're an empathic person and you just want to help someone out. You, it's like, you don't want to burden them with more stress of, you know, having your expectations or your boundaries put on them as well, you know? And I, I will, I hope some of you can understand exactly what I'm saying. Cause that's how I, I feel when I'm like helping out a person where they don't have any family, they don't have anywhere else to go, or it seems like they have nowhere else to go. And you just want to, you know, kind of get them on their feet and everything like that. You don't also want to weigh them down with this heavy conversation of like, oh yeah, by the way, like this is what's going to need to happen. Um, you know, whether it's like rent or this is a limited time offer or whatever, because, you know, we're all trying to embody unconditional love and compassion and empathy. And I, and I feel like we can get lost on having these tougher conversations and these boundaries, um, that we set in place that are actually very unconditionally loving and, um, for ourselves and protecting ourselves. And that is important. That is like just as important as like extending those items towards other people, right? Like if we want to be unconditionally loving, we have to be unconditionally loving to ourselves. If we want to protect others, we have to protect ourselves. If we want to, um, you know, respect other people's boundaries, we have to set boundaries ourselves. And, I, like now looking back when that, you know, individual moved, um, back home and stuff like that, I was just like, huh, like I you know, not mad or whatever. I was just like, that's so interesting. Like that little responsibility of having to pay rent, um, you know, made him skedaddle on out of there. And it was for the best. It was honestly for the best because that could have became a very parasitic, uh, dynamic. And it was already kind of becoming parasitic. Um, and, if the, we hadn't had, uh, that sort of parameter set in place, um, from the get go, it just, it probably would have drawn out a lot longer than it needed to. And that would have been because like I had been, uh, resisting to having like that sort of conversation right from, right from the beginning. So, um, that is one, you know, those are two situations where I almost got to observe, um, because I wasn't making, I wasn't calling the shots, you know, it was like me bringing someone home, uh, to my, at my parents, you know, house or 
shop or whatever else and and asking them to you know help out and stuff and they and they did and they set these boundaries in place now for and for me I have um done that I'm getting better at that but there's another incident instance where um I did not uh, do that. And that was in my last business partnership where me and the individual, um, we, she was my sister and we got into business together and we just, it was the same thing, just like excited and happy and like, so, you know, just enthusiastic about the business, of course. And like, so alignment, so on the same page with everything, talking every day, um, going through everything, just like really, really, really like synced up with like what we were going to do. You know, she had her skills, I had my skills, like, and we did not have a business partnership agreement. It was obviously just like 50-50, um, but like there was nothing written in place. There was nothing written on an exit strategy. There was nothing written down for um, if one individual stops pulling their weight, what is, you know, what does that look like? Um, if someone wants to leave, you know, the business, uh, is there you know, like what, just all these, like, it's like a prenup, man. Like a prenup for your, your business is fucking so important. And honestly, I think a prenup for your fucking marriage is important too, especially if you are both like, um, you know, individuals who have built a something big outside of the marriage before you got together. I, I personally think there's nothing wrong with, um, having a prenup in place and protecting your assets, especially as a woman. Um, and, and as a man too, but like, as, especially as a, as a, as a woman, you know, um, and that goes for, you know, having separate bank accounts, having her money, he has his money. And then you have the money that's for the family and the house and the things that you own together and everything. And obviously coming together and growing, um, your assets together in a marriage, um, that is all fine and dandy and in alignment, but it's almost like everything that you, you worked for prior to like should be yours, you know, like that's yours. No one's entitled to that. And I've always had that, that, um, that feeling, um, with everything. And I've always, yeah, I've just always thought that way. So anyways, with a business partnership though, you both are coming into place at pretty equal playing fields, like pretty equal grounds. Um, maybe someone's putting in more sweat equity and someone's putting in more like money equity. Um, and there's, you know, so there's that dynamic. So if you don't have anything set in place, especially with that, it's like, well, what's the value of the sweat equity? And, and then the value of the money is the value of the money that someone's bringing in, you know? So it's just like, have that, have those discussions right now. And the reason why I did not, why we did not have those, um, really tough discussions and like, you know, pay a fucking lawyer to like have something drawn up for ourselves is because we were so aligned. We were best friends. We were, um, very, very close talking every single day. And, um, we were both healing, you know? And I think that is like the, the fucking 
I don't know, man. It's like, it makes you assume the absolute best in a person. (laughs) When you see that they're healing, you're like, oh, they're going to do what's right. They're going to stay in integrity. They are going to do X, Y, and Z. They will never screw me over because they are, you know, always, they're healing, they're healing. And they're aware of their ego and they're doing shadow work and they are aware of like inner children. But mm, at the end of the day, people are still just people and they're going to do what they're going to do. And um, yes, they might be healing today does not mean that they're going to fucking be healing tomorrow. Only you are in control of that for yourself. Only you can know for sure that you are going to stay on the path of being in integrity and being on your healing path. No one else is a guaranteed. You know, even yourself isn't a guaranteed unless you make a daily commitment to it and a, you know, that like cognizant awareness that like, I am sticking to this. This is, this is my path. My soul's path is the most important thing in this life. And everything else is just gravy. Everything else is just, you know, beautiful gifts. And that's like what my teacher Leanna always talks about where it doesn't matter. Everything else in this life, like literally does not matter besides your soul's path of like clearing your, your wounds, clearing your ego and, you know, aligning with your highest self, all these other beautiful things that you get, like friendships, relationships, animals, you know, beautiful things, abundance, um, these awesome trips, all that kind of stuff is like, that's just like awesome gifts that like we get to experience here in this life, which is super cool. And I love, and I like totally enjoy. Um, but you know, it's not, I'm not going to cling to that, you know, like this isn't, that's not, um, I'm never going to deviate away from my soul's path. If someone threatens to try to like take away, I don't know, like a big fancy house or something like that, like get fucked. No. Um, so it's just like you, but you, I have that awareness. That's my choice. That's the choice I'm choosing to live this life out, um, on the planet, you know, in this lifetime, someone else can say that, um, And they can also do that. Of course, we could all do that. But you have no control if whether or not they commit to that and they stay to that. So in my case, my sister chose to stop healing and chose to go on a completely different route and just shut it all down. And just, it got too intense and, you know, didn't want to do it. And I, for me, it was like, that will never, I will never be in a line business partnership with someone who isn't on the same page. Right. So we had to end the, end the friendship and the relationship and end the, the partnership and go our separate ways. And, you know, that's why I'm not why, but like I, you know, started my business down here in the States, um, because that was an entire like Canadian thing, a Canadian business, Canadian company that got completely shut down overnight because I said, you know, we're no longer aligned. I no longer trust you. And I will not be on inauthentic. Like I will throw it all away if this goes against like my soul's journey. And that's what it felt like. You know, I could have stayed. I could have fucking clung to that business partnership out of pure fear of not wanting to have that difficult conversation because I knew it was going to fucking blow up and uh, you know, everything was going to have to be burnt down to the ground. 
And it was messy because we didn't have any sort of like parameters set in place in case this ever did happen because we could never have fathomed it ever happening. And even when we like, I think we like lightly talked about it and it was always from this place of like, oh, I would be complete, you know, of like, there would always be love and there would always be like, um, like just in, um, each person would stay in integrity and be understanding and walk around, walk away from like the partnership with dignity and respect and like no ego. And it wouldn't be a big dramatic thing. No, that did not fucking happen. Like, yeah, it's all like, you think it's going to happen that way when you're all calm and everything. And it's, um, everything's like rose colored glasses. But then when shit actually gets real and hits the fan, um, yeah, no, your emotions can be very, very, very reactive, especially if you have a lot of, um, like healing to still do, you know, like I've, it's a, it's a daily thing for me observing my mind, like my thoughts and my emotions to not react and it gets easier. It totally gets easier. And I am, you know, super grateful that I have this awareness so that I can continue to work on myself that way. But, um, yeah, there's still reactive times here and there for sure. For sure. There are, especially like with work and in the moment. And if it's, you know, you're tired and you're pushed to your physical limit. Yeah. There's absolutely still reactive moments that, that happen, but it does not mean that I, you know, condone them. And it doesn't mean that I don't call myself out on it. And it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, work on trying to better myself each time. But um, with that all set aside, it's the tough fucking conversations. And I've even seen it happen with like my girlfriends, you know, where it's like, I'm not worried about that. And I was like, I'd be fucking worried about that. You know, like you just kind of like, this is going to be fine. And this is going to be great. And we're both all on the same page. And I'm like, so not worried about any of this. And, and by that point, like my business partnership, you know, had like already blown up. And so I would like see some of my girlfriends like get into these little dynamics. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I, I hope it works out for you guys, but like fucking, yeah, sure. I would have everything fucking locked and loaded and, uh, with a lawyer in place because you <laughs> just never know. And I actually, it's funny. I don't know if any of you guys have ever watched Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids was like one of my like favorite movies. And there's like this point where she's like working at this, um, she's a jeweler, like salesman, sales lady. And she's like selling engagement rings. And she's like, trust no one. You never know. And like just being the most terrible sales lady when trying to you know, sell an engagement ring based on love and trust. Um, anyways, so it just, that's not what I'm saying, but that's kind of like what I, what I feel where it's like, all you can do is trust yourself. All you can do is, um, put yourself first in having, um, stuff set in place that protects you. 
and for sure be generous and um, compassionate and extend a helping hand. I will always do that. I will always do that. I'll do that for animals. I will do that for human beings. I am not thinking anybody's out to get me. Gosh, no. But I will always be mindful of having upfront conversations with uh, boundaries and expectations so that when things do ebb and flow, um, we already got that out of the way. And really, honestly, like, it's just the best thing for you because anybody with half a brain can hold themselves accountable and realize, yeah, I did agree to that. So I need to, you know, either fulfill that obligation that I agreed to, or I need to exit out because, you know, I'm no longer getting a free ride anymore. (laughs) And that's just like, that's just like what it feels like to me. Like that's what it comes down to. Right. And so, um, because, and like, and for yourself, like if you're listening to this and if someone's extended like a helping hand to you and everything like that, like just, you know, check yourself and just make sure like, am I being, am I like, you know, pushing myself forward and making sure I'm not getting comfortable in like this kind of, um, like, like status quo of like someone else's generosity towards me. Right. Like just, just check yourself. Like even, even for myself, like living with my parents for the last like year and a half, two years or whatever like that, like that was super generous. And like, yes, it's my parents. It's like, yeah, of course I can live with them. Like, it's no big deal. But, um, you know, bringing this new dog into my house uh, or into my life, I'm like, I wasn't going to have the expectation that now she is like, you know, going to be a part of the house. And so I have like 700 fucking cats and 300 dogs. Like it's like 101 Dalmatians. Like, no, like that, I knew that. And so, um, I instantly like got my ass in gear and got a place because that's what is right. That is what is integrity. When I entered into the dynamic of living at their house, the agreement was like me and my cat, right? That's it. Bringing another um, puppy, it was like, oh, okay, well, that's not the agreement anymore. And I want, and also, honestly, I want my own space. There's this little puppy is taking up a lot of room and she and I need to get on with our life and go, and do our own thing. So it was just like perfect. And even still, like even when I moved out, my mom was like, oh, you know, it hasn't even been that long. And my dad's like, it's been two years. (laughs) And she like, you know, it's just like, you know, so it wasn't um, a contentious thing at all. Um, But it was just the right timing. And it was just like the, um, it was just like the right move. And I acted on it right away. I didn't, I didn't draw it out until emotions got high or everybody, you know, started feeling like the, the uncomfortability of it because like the fact of the matter is, you know, a house is only as big as it, you know, the house is only so big and to have that many humans and animals running around (laughs) is a lot. So instead of waiting for everybody to hit a breaking point and then leaving, it's like, just be proactive. And, um, And don't be scared. Like, don't be scared of the change. Don't be scared of the new responsibility. Don't be scared of the finances that come along with it. Like, literally, like the universe is limitless. The universe is so abundant. And, you know, when you get up and get to work, the money will come. Like, 
that is something that is such an amazing gift from like I've always known that but like when you hear that and you see it in action like you really believe it and like that it's just like one of the core messages in Leanna's business school that um, I take away with and I I say to myself all the time you know and I think that's like such an amazing and I and I've read it in other business books and everything like that like put service if you want to be wealthy put service first like that literally the 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 caveat with that is putting your putting service first and having self-worth that is the way to become wealthy because when you have a service first mindset you just show up you get to work and you know the money will come you just know that's how it works And when you have self-worth, that protects you from getting taken advantage of. And I think that's where the um, people can become hesitant or resistant to uh, not wanting to be in service first is that fear of being taken advantage of. Because for whatever reason, um, you know, they had been taken advantage of in their life or they had a parent that was constantly being taken advantage of or whatever. You know, everybody's journey is is different. Everybody's upbringing is different. And it um, colors our lens on how we perceive the world, right? And so if you have a... Um, an attitude of I'm not picking up, say you're in the trades and you're in a union and it's like, I'm not picking up that fucking tool until, you know, I get paid X amount of dollars. It's like, that's such a victimhood. That's such a low frequency to be in and it's not being in service and it's in versus showing up, doing the work and knowing that your value is going to be recognized and you will be, you know, compensated for that value that you're putting out into the world, you know, show up and do the work and the money will come. You do not have to cling to it. You do not have to worry about it with the caveat, have self-worth, have self-love so that you know the moment that you are being taken advantage of, you cut the cords and you cut the ties and you move on and you keep being put in service, you know? There's, there's, you have to have both in order to, to really like manifest that, that wealth. And I think, um, I didn't, I didn't really, I understood that, but like seeing it in action and like an under and seeing those examples of individuals who are, you know, always uh, putting themselves, like just not obsessed with the money and not worried about it um, and just going up and showing and, and working and putting that effort forward, I think is just so amazing. And we all have to learn because the universe, you know, because people are people, like we'll all come into contact with individuals who will try to take advantage. And that's just an amazing growth opportunity for you to exercise that self-worth and self-love and you know, put a clear boundary of, no, you will not be taken advantage of. And you will just grow stronger and stronger. And the universe will send you more and more aligned opportunities from people who will never even dare to think to take advantage of you. Because why? You're emitting a frequency 
that doesn't allow that to happen. You know, it's just, it, it's just opening up every time you say no to the universe of something that is not aligned, you open it up to so much more aligned opportunities, right? It's like they, everybody says that, right? You need to cut away some of the old in order to make new room for the new. And so make sure what you're cutting away, like the old is something you absolutely do not want. And when the universe, universe presents you with something new, it's something that you want, like that is more in alignment with who you want to be, the energy frequency you want to be in and, and just run with it. Right. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's very kind of like esoteric and hard to explain, but I've seen it in action. I'm sure all of you have seen it in action and it's just really helpful to have these like little reminders here and there, um, to know that going forward, showing up and having these, um, what feels like a tougher conversation from the beginning will benefit you and open up the door for you to have more of these, these, um, conversations with that individual, right? Cause you've already established that open communication and you're also stating out into the ether, into the universe of like what you expect. And I just think that's super powerful and um, will keep you protected and keep your energy protected, right? Because like that's super important. We have to keep ourselves and our energy protected um, so that we can continue showing up and doing what we're meant to be doing here on earth. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to talk with you guys here this morning. Um, it's a little bit of a shorter podcast, but I hope it was a powerful one for just like that little reminder. Uh, a lot of change I know is happening in a lot of people's lives, especially in November. And so like, just, you know, be mindful of that and be mindful of um, where, you're, where you're showing up in your own life and, um, you know, just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And don't, and just always remember like putting yourself first with self-love, with boundaries is always like the best thing you, you can do. And, and then, you know, have compassion and patience for others, but also be mindful that like you deserve those, those boundaries set in place uh, and not to be taken advantage of in, in any area of your life, you know? Um, so anyways, I want to wrap this up because the sun is coming up and, you know, it's about time that I have a little breakfast and get to work with cleaning <laughs> and getting myself, you know, all cozied up in this beautiful new place that I'm sharing here with Baby Nova and Atticus. And I'm so grateful that uh, you guys tune in every single week and listen to the episodes. It's something I really, really enjoy doing. And um, I will speak to you all next